Hello and welcome to our Tag One Team Talk, a deep dive into end-to-end -end encryption in YJS. I'm Michael Myers, the Managing Director of Tag One Consulting, and we have an awesome lineup of guests today. Nick Graff, who's a technology consultant based out of Vienna. We've had the honor of working with Nick on some projects at Tag One. He organizes conferences like ReasonConf. He's on the board of the Rescript Language Association. He's the co-creator of the DraftJS plugin and the founder of Serenity Notes, which is an end-to-end -end encrypted private and shared notes app, which we're going to talk a little bit about today from an under-the-hood perspective. We're also joined by Fabian Franz, who's the VP of Technology at Tag One Consulting based out of Switzerland. Fabian is the framework manager for Drupal 7, which powers one out of every 30 websites on the internet. So if you've been surfing the internet today, you've almost certainly hit a website that Fabian has overseen the development of. We're also joined today by Kevin Jans, based out of Berlin. Kevin is the founder and project lead of YJS framework for adding real-time collaboration to any application. Thank you guys all so much for joining us. This is going to be an awesome talk. Kevin, not everyone may be familiar with YJS, which is crazy because we've done so many talks on it. But just to set the stage, can you give us you know, a quick overview of, of your framework? Yeah, absolutely. YJS is a framework to build any kind of collaborative application, really. It's focused a lot on building shared editing applications, rich text editing. This is why we support a huge ecosystem of existing editors that we can just make collaborative using a plugin. And we hook basically YJS into that, and then it is collaborative, and we have a set of servers and communication protocols that you can use to scale your application. But really, YJS itself is just this concept, this idea of shared data types. These shared data types work just like normal data types, like a map or an array, but they are automatically synchronized with all the peers that um, are connected to you in some way. So they, we have a Y-text type that you can use to collaboratively work on text or Y array and a Y map that you can use as a key value store, like an in-memory database, if you want to. And this all works together. It's, it's a really an ecosystem or a, a set of products that you can just use together to build your own application. Cool. If you guys want to learn more about YJS, you can go to yjs.dev. And we have a lot of talks, as I mentioned, tag1.com slash YJS is an index of conference presentations and talks. Continuing with our sort of background overview before we dive into things, Fabian, I don't know that everybody knows what end-to-end -end encryption is. Can you give us just a high-level uh, overview of, of what it is and what it does? Sure. So end-to-end -end encryption essentially means that no one can get onto the data, not even myself, if I don't have the special key. So end-to-end -end encryption, you can think about, everyone talks about everything in the internet is encrypted, essentially, if you're, you're talking with it, but you always have to trust the other person. So if you're visiting a website and there's not like a little green bar at the top, but there's a red exclamation mark, then you need to be really, really careful because it might be that someone is, is um, trying to eavesdrop on your communication. And if you then end up trusting that anyway, then you have trusted uh, a potential attacker, usually called Charlie in computer security. So there's Alice and Bob and they want to exchange messages and Charlie is just intercepting or sometimes it's also Eve. Eve, usually it's Eve, because Eve, Eve now. <laughs> and end-to-end -end encryption essentially means that two devices 
or two persons have exchanged keys in a secure way like we meet in the middle of the night with mask obviously in a secluded street and then we exchange keys to two boxes and now everyone each of us has a box and a key and then we can take our message put it in the box close it down and I send it over to and Alice sends it over to Bob and Bob has a key to open the message. That's kind of end-to-end encryption in a nutshell. One has a box, the other has a key and you have to essentially both, you need both to, to read this. Here in the more broader context, it's essentially that not even the server can, can read your data. So there's lots of, of things like privacy across Apple or WhatsApp or, or all of those who can, can read your data, end-to-end encryption, etc. But what it essentially means is that you write a message via WhatsApp and WhatsApp or Signal or any other messenger, they cannot read your message because it goes completely encrypted. You are encrypting it on your device or in your flat by putting it into the box. And then you put that box over to the other person and no one that is receiving the parcel in between that is looking at the message in between can can do anything with it and if you lose your key to your own private key to the box let's say there's two keys to the box like one nick has one i have one alice has one bob has and if i lose my key then i cannot even access my own box anymore it's like and if all keys to the box are lost then the contents for it are forever gone We'll get into that a little bit more later. So, I mean, this isn't how all applications work, right? Google Docs, for example, I'm writing a doc, it's stored on Google's hard drive somewhere. Even if it's encrypted on the hard drive, presumably Google, you know, someone at Google can access that, right? Like that's not end-to-end encryption. Is that an example of a, you know, uh, how a lot of applications work? Data stored somewhere that some third party, some company has access to. Yes. yes. Most data actually is. Yep. And so it's, you know, end to end encryption is something that hopefully more applications will embrace, you know, for the reasons that you mentioned. So Nick, are there examples, you know, of a data in applications that, that can or shouldn't be encrypted, you know, or just aren't practical? Well, um, yeah, first of all, hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, there's, there's think there are a lot of things that are completely public, public knowledge, or you want to, you know, if you're writing a blog post, maybe until the point you re- you release it to the public, it, it can be end-to-end encrypted, it can be secure. But once you, you, you publish it, I mean, the, the intention is there to make it public. So I think there are a lot of cases where, where it makes sense to, to even not have it. And yeah, but it, there's a there's a fine line. For example, think about journalists. If they're getting uh, receiving sensible material and they're starting to write an, an article which which has very sensible information in there, maybe they want to have it secured until the point when they, they publish it. When I think about the change log tool um, for for like a SaaS product, probably doesn't have to be end-to-end encrypted because I mean, maybe there's some, yeah, it's very unlikely that you, if you really want to release something in a month or two weeks, that this is so sensible information that you want to have it encrypted. So yeah, I think there's plenty of use cases, 
but there's also plenty of cases where it feels very odd um, if you think about it that, that someone else has your data like for example I'm, I'm I mean I'm still using in some cases Apple notes and so on but I'm still missing for serenity notes is that the desktop experience I'm working on that but it's it's kind of I don't know if you think about it I put a lot of very sensible information in there and yeah, someone at Apple, I mean, it's it's very unlikely if if they, they get a, I don't know, it's called subpoena or whatever, or but even just if some sysadmin goes rogue with a lot of access, they could get all, get all the information out. And these are like very private notes from customers, personal notes from, from family and so on and so forth. And this is like a lot of my, my life's information and basically there so yeah this is interesting that basically you you put it into a tool and someone could read it it's an interesting uh, state that we are in technology i absolutely agree i mean it was in the beginning the whole internet was about like your own data your own preservation i know how how we used to meet to exchange secure keys because email was so insecure because it was like sending a postcard over the internet. You were really careful in, in all of that. We are still always sending postcards over the internet all the time. And it's just that we, we trust essentially that Google is, except for giving us the right ads for the emails we are writing and receiving via that is not doing anything nefarious with our data and isn't evil essentially but there's no way to prove that it's like or or any other company for that matter it's like and an email in the beginning you also got it from the server as soon as possible and put it on your machine like like with the old pop protocol in that but by now it's like no you you definitely don't want to want to do that anymore because you want to leave it on the server because space has become become so cheap overall and you want the convenience of having your email on all your 20 devices that we have by now all and so no one is like downloading the the email anymore but all of those problems essentially are a nightmare if you think about it from a privacy perspective because it's not only we are still sending postcards through the internet all the time (laughs) but then worry a lot about if we are using a physical envelope if someone could maybe open it or access that information and so it's it's said i agree with nick it's a very interesting state we are in right now yeah but and i maybe uh, i mean this goes back to like what inspired me to actually work on this is i can't remember who said it or so but then there was like some theory on how why don't we receive signals from from aliens on on the world and there was like a because the end state of a civilization or or the the next level of a new civilization is like that everything is so encrypted that you wouldn't understand it i mean it's probably then i it's it's not true because you still would see signals but it was an interesting thought of like oh it was kind of like reading science fiction like wow interesting so there could be if you think a thousand years ahead, how would our communication look like 90% maybe for all the stuff that is not supposed to be public? Would this be end-to-end encryption and end-to-end encrypted? And then like, either we are completely, I, I kind of see this like, either we're completely transparent uh, civilization or we are, or maybe there's more, there's something in between probably, there's a gray zone. Or another way, another extreme could be 
a lot of it is end-to-end -end encrypted and and you have this privacy and you have trust of, of, of everyone basically um in reality there's probably something like there's strong encryption but then you have for some cases uh, authorities have the possibility to look into data or something like that but I, yeah i mean no idea this is hard to say where it's going in in several hundred years <laughs> it's definitely an interesting thought i often rationalize to me that google isn't probably interested in in reading exactly yeah. my data right now because it's so much yeah. they would need uh, it would cost so uh, or even a state attacker it would cost so much to process all those amounts of data all those uh pictures of kittens and all of those that essentially it's 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 not worth it there are other methods yeah. that are more effectively in, in 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 getting that than to go through all the data of a person on the other hand and um an attacker that is essentially wanting to get for example on an on a, on a backup somewhere or breach something where someone has has uploaded it they can do a very targeted attack so that's that's the other part of it and yeah. but then we trust our big giants uh google apple amazon uh microsoft enough that they hopefully get security right <laughs> yeah but even the small one you know if you I don't know, think about uh, Notion or, or um, Slack or whoever. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, one password. Yeah, yeah, one even one password. Yeah, but think about the, um, basically, you, these are smaller companies. They, I mean, they have definitely good security measures, or most probably, hope so. But yeah, this data is somewhere unencrypted on the backup. And so it could go, yeah. And I think the, what I wanted to add to this is like, a lot of people think about it as the needle in the haystack. And yeah, you, you will have, usually you have a hard time finding a needle in the haystack, but technology makes it so easy to find the needle in the haystack that is, you can make, as Fabian said, very target, you can pick one person. And I mean, one, one of the, um, maybe a recent example is, is this, this parlor breach where where all the pilot data got exposed and yeah, people who thought their photos were deleted, who thought that all of the data is secure, it was exposed. And maybe, yeah, I don't want to go into political stuff, but the, this is like, this is a very, think about this happens to Facebook tomorrow. Um, a lot of people would get very nervous uh, about things they said in the past year, maybe. And yeah. Yeah. Companies, even if you trust them, have been hacked. Governments, you yeah. know, have been hacked. You know, so whether you're protecting yourself, you know, even if you trust these organizations, you know, they are, are vulnerable. Yeah. The other part is how do you know if data is encrypted or not encrypted at the yeah. end side? And one pretty good measure is if you can search for it, then it's usually not all encrypted. So for example, if you could, could search through all your documents and it would find all terms within documents. And then it needs to live in some kind of search index where you could could find them all so that's always um so at least sometimes the metadata isn't encrypted like the title of a document so if you put sensitive information ensure that it's not in the title <laughs> essentially already because metadata always is more prone to to exposure even much more than than the actual content yeah which is an interesting topic because even for end-to-end -end, you have a lot of metadata which is, is um yeah and i mean for example signal is, tr is trying really 
hard to to eliminate all metadata things. Um, the only thing they really know about the person is when they last logged in, and they don't even know how often or they don't store how how much communication has between two devices, two people, um, whatsoever. But yeah, that, that's a different use case. So for example, uh, right now in my case, I, I store a lot more information for Serenity nodes. Yeah, and I, I try to reduce this as much as possible, but it's still more. And, and so I know how many nodes someone has. I know when they last updated the node. And, and this is basically, yeah, you, you, you still get a lot of metadata that might be relevant and you can try to reduce it, but it's, it's really tough. Have we already asked you what Serenity nodes is? Maybe you want to introduce that project. Yeah, basically it's an end-to-end, well, I was briefly mentioned, but it's basically um, a notes app and, but you, all your notes are, they, first of all, they're stored locally. So on your device right now, it's, it's only possible on, on tablets and, and, and phones. Uh, next step is, is desktop apps. And then this data is encrypted and sent to the, the Serenity servers and the encrypted data is stored there. First of all, so basically that your device Theoretically, if you, if you um, um, if some data is lost in your device and you have the keys that you can restore it, but also for to sync it between devices, because I can have my iPhone, my tablet, and my desktop device. Basically, I can write a note, and it's end-to-end encrypted sync between all of these devices. And the really nice part about it, I mean, this is something that you this is pretty simple to solve already with like synchronous key, uh, strong encryption, and, and it's very unlikely that this will be hacked. But the other part is I wanted to build it in a way that you can collaborate the notes like you can do in Google Docs or, or so you have like live editing still there right now. There's a, a few seconds delay because I didn't do WebSockets yet, but uh, never mind. Um, it's coming. But I wanted to, to get to the experience of Google Docs with end-to-end encrypted notes. And the crazy part is like the, the whole notes part was super easy just because of YGS, you know, everything is there. You just plug in an editor, you, you do your schema, you plug in YGS, uh, like a couple lines of code and you have everything. The hard part for me was to really like every update, um, basically coming up with a protocol, how the updates are then encrypted and uh, all the device management and so on and so forth. And yeah, I, I still use a library called all, which is the underlying encryption layer of matrix protocol um but yeah and and basically and, and what i wanted to get to is that you have an easy way of collaborating with others without exposing data to anyone that yeah. that will really allow me to write notes and i have the confidence that i can write my bitcoin keys and uh, private information yeah. and stuff that i don't want to share with google because i don't care for advertisement for whatever I write in my notes. Uh, I'm not sure how they process it or if they process it at all. Um, This gives me the confidence to really store that information securely, have it on many devices. And also, because if none of the devices are online, um, there's also a server that holds the document, right? Yeah, but only the encrypted version. So I get a server. Right now, I have someone like hosting the server I mean, I have information. You have a note. I don't even know the title. I only know you created a note with this ID and that's it. That's what I know. There, there's some content in there, I, like based on the, the, 
the encrypted, the length of the encrypted data, you can guess how long it would be, but you have no idea what's in there. Yeah. Um, as someone running the server. Yeah. Do you even know who I am? Like I signed up last night and it didn't, you know, it was like no sign up. It was amazing. At, at this point, no. Like there's, um, no, I have no idea. I, I don't track any device at least, nothing, because I, I don't even want to. <laughs> So even like um, when you, so I, I, I did the extra effort that even if you add a contact and you put the name of the contact in, this is stored in another, it's kind of a, a private repository um, of encrypted data that you share between your devices. And so I don't even know, I know that there is, you have, uh, you have an ID obviously in the, in the, in the, in the service. So I know then that you and this other person with the ID, uh, um, with another ID, you, you, you're sharing this note, but I don't know, I don't know who you are, what, who you believe the other person is and so on and so forth. Yeah. So this is basically signal, but for note everything. I, I wouldn't go that far because signal is, as I mentioned, is like, I mean, yes, that that's what I want it to be, but signal is really good at the aircraft. It has to be hold myself accountable they're really good at, at, at avoiding this metadata if i understood it correctly signal even know when people or doesn't store when people communicate with each other okay. so if if yeah if they really want to find out who you talked to yesterday they don't have this information but i still do yeah i mean we already got used to using WhatsApp and all this stuff. And they openly admit that they share all this meta information, like who my contacts are. And, you know, yeah. it's encrypted, but a lot of meta information is shared and actively shared with uh, Facebook, which I really dislike. I hate yeah. that fact, but <laughs> I, I admire when a company like Signal uh, makes an attempt to don't even know that data, not even just promise, okay, we are not going to use it. We, we just, we are actively trying to hide it from ourselves. So yeah. if a government comes in or whoever, a hacker or something, even they can um, access the data or find out who's communicating with whom. And yeah. in this context, like for note editing apps, I really just care about my content being hidden. And I mean, I will share my content from time to time, but it's really my notes that I want to encrypt. And I'm really happy that such a solution now exists based on YJS. Yeah. That's cool. You want to talk about <laughs> you want to yeah. talk about how you made that? Let's well, uh, let's let's jump into let's come back in a second and, and and dig into the technical details. It scares me that that WhatsApp and all these services are selling my data. You know, when I signed up with zero sign up last night, Nick, it was like the most beautiful experience I had, like ever signing up for an app. I was just using it. It was amazing. And get cool. uh, to hear. <laughs> it, it was really cool. And you, you, you have a free tier. And what I loved on your pricing page, you know, for, for advanced services, it said, we don't sell your data. So we have to charge a fee. <laughs> and when I read that, I literally laughed out loud. I think that was, that was pretty amazing. So I want to wrap up here. I think we gave folks an amazing overview of end-to-end -end encryption in the context of an application like Serenity. We'll come back with part two. We're going to dig into the technical details and how Nick implemented this with YJS. We talked about a lot of really cool links. We'll put them in the show notes so you can check them out. Please remember to up, upvote, share, and subscribe this talk if you liked it. You can check out our past talks at tag1.com slash tag team talks. 
As always, we would love your input and feedback on this episode, as well as topic ideas for uh, future episodes. Uh, you can reach us at Tag Team Talks at tagoneconsulting.com. Huge, huge thank you to uh, Nick, Kevin, and Fabian for joining us today and you for listening. We'll be back shortly. Take care.